Last week, we started a series that had a simple one-word title, Change. Change. And uh, it is a series about truth that God gives about real spiritual change, things about it, things that it takes. And last week, we looked at, and if you think C, we looked at the truth about cost. The, the passage last week was Luke 9. We looked at three encounters that Jesus had with people that said that they wanted to follow him. And then they had a response to that, and then Jesus spoke, and he spoke about the real cost of following him. A cost that for all of us, as we think about it and we we hear about what it is that he had to say in those encounters, we know is hard. It's not easy. It's really interesting. Um, our life group last uh, Sunday afternoon chose to go at that passage and go a little deeper. And one of the things that came out was, and we noted that in the messages we looked at that truth, that it is hard. The things that Jesus said were really hard. And our life group talked about that. Well, God never said that it was going to be easy. See, when we desire to have and we think about real spiritual change in our lives, Satan rises up. There's spiritual battles that go on all over the place. And yet that doesn't circumvent or doesn't mean that God isn't still calling us to real spiritual change. And it's amazing what we struggle with in our lives, isn't it, and what we choose to hang on to. Sometimes it looks a little bit like this skit. It's a video skit called um, Trash by One Eye Blind. I have decided to give you this. Really? Yeah. You know whoever sits here makes all the decisions, right? I know, and I'm always making decisions, but you make the perfect decisions, so you just sit right down and start making them. Wow, I'm honored. I mean... This feels great. Kathleen, guess what? I just got my new credit card. It's time to go shopping. Oh, really? I thought your husband and you were going to pay off debt. Oh, yeah. I mean, money's kind of tight, but I figured he doesn't have to know about it. So do you want to oh. go with me? No. <laughs> no? Why? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I don't know. Um, oh. So let me check my schedule, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> Kat, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of one cheek in it here. Look, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You wanted me to sit here, right? Well, of course. And whoever sits here makes all the decisions? Right. So what's the problem? Uh, there's not a problem. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Really, please, here, sit down. As long as you're sure. I'm sure. Okay, okay. so let's start over. Okay. All right. Kat, I noticed that you've been losing your temper a lot lately. Right. So, okay, Jesus, you know what? I know what you're going to say, but um, see, you, do? you don't know the whole situation, you know? Oh, I, well, all I'm saying is that your attitude is a decision. Yes, of course, but I have a lot going on right now. Well, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure? Jesus, you don't understand pressure, okay? This I isn't working, Kat. What? We can't both sit on the seat. It's either me or it's you. Okay, I know. You know, I just, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but here, just take it. 
No, I'm not going to take it. You have to give it to me. Okay, here. Kathleen, make a choice. I can't. You just did. We all go through that, don't we? Lordship battles. Who's sitting on the stool? You know, that lordship battle has been going on with people for a very long time. Well, really since Adam and Eve. Again, God never said it would be easy following him turning our lives over and giving him everything, control, leadership in our lives, lordship. It's hard. What he asks us to do is to simply follow him. That means he's leading. He would never ask us to do something that he wouldn't be willing to help us with. I want to invite you to turn with me to Malachi 3. I'm going to read verses 8 to 12. And what you're going to find here is incredibly encouraging. It is a powerful, powerful promise from the great Lord our God. Before we read this passage, a little bit about what's going on in Malachi. God brought the prophet Malachi, to speak to the nation of Israel because they were having some issues with lordship. In fact, he starts off this, this book um, by saying, look, all I want you to do, you can find it in, in chapter 1, verse 6, all I want you to do is to honor me, to be who it is that you already are. That, that's what I desire. Because they had a problem. They had started a practice that had become very common that was deceitful, deceptive, and disobedient. They were taking animals, and so God had, had called them to sacrifice animals to bring their very best, an unblemished animal. That's not what they were bringing. You can read about that in chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 as well. So what they were doing is, is they were bringing crippled and maimed animals. And they were passing them off as their best. And so it would bring them to, to the priest. And, and, and by the way, the book of Malachi is both to the people, the nation of Israel, but also to the leaders. Because there's a real problem with the leaders. They were allowing it this spiritual disobedience. Maybe they were looking the other way. Maybe they were doing the wink thing. I don't know. But it was a problem that involved both of them, the people and the leadership. And God calls them both into account. And really what's at the core issue here is a spiritual matter. What it is that they were doing, who it is that they were being, had to do with their heart. They were choosing to be deceptive and disobedient because, quite honestly, they were being selfish. 
Think about it for a moment. And it's really easy to rationalize, isn't it? For them, I can just imagine the conversation going a little bit like this. Why would we bring God the very best? I mean, after all, this sheep or this goat is just going to get burnt, right? Why don't I just keep the best and I'll bring him one of these because that's what's going to happen anyways. And of course, you know, then part of the rationalization is, is that, well, then I can take this animal that is good and I can sell it and get more money for it. I love what Jesus says in chapter 1, 2. Try bringing that to your governor. Try bringing that to somebody and see what they do with it. But yet you bring it to me. Very powerful, some point-blank statements that, that God makes in this passage. And it has everything to do with who it is that we're being and what's in our hearts. So I just ask you this morning, open up yours. And hear what it is that God has to say to you through the words of Malachi 3, verses 8 to 12. Will a person rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if we'll not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. This is the Word of God. Might it be written on our hearts and lived in our lives. You are robbing me. Pretty hard stuff, isn't it? One thing you can say about God if you read His Word and you pay attention to it is He's pretty direct and to the point. See, this is kind of how the conversations go a lot in our hearts and our lives, isn't it? When we're dealing with spiritual disobedience and things that we struggle with. What? Are you talking to me? How could you say that, God? How could you say those things to me? What are you talking about? I'm robbing you? Really? Come on. See, we got all the answers. And yet there's truth, Right? Truth that we have to deal with, that we have to, to think about. That's what God wants. To process what it is that he's asking us and who it is that he wants us to be. So that there will be real spiritual change. So that something will happen deep inside of us that's different. And cause us to pick up our feet and move our hands and think and act differently than we were before. Real spiritual transformation, real spiritual change. Two verses preceding what I read, verses 6 and 7, is what it's all about. God says he doesn't change, and then he says, but, you know, he, he said, if, if so, I love that too. Um, that's why you're not destroyed, because he's a God of grace. 
But then he says, ever since the time of your forefathers, this is verse 7, you've turned away from me, you've been disobedient. And then he says this, return to me. See, that's his desire. He wants things to be right. He wants to be your God in every sense of the word. He doesn't want any, any balls and chains. He doesn't want any fetters. He doesn't want you to be locked into something in your heart. He doesn't want any sin to have control over you or anything to, to rule your life other than him. And that's pretty powerful stuff. Return to me. I want to pause. I want to give you a, a moment to ask yourself, what does that mean? What does that mean for you personally when you hear already what God has said? It it can mean a lot of different things. So just stop a second. Think about it. Maybe you thought, when you think about robbing God, maybe you thought about disobedience and his spiritual behavior. Not giving all of yourself in a holy and magnificent way to the great Lord your God. Maybe you thought about a spiritual gift that you have that you're holding back on. Giving him part of you in terms of who it is that you are and the way that he knitted and formed you together in your mother's womb, but not all of you. Maybe it is a financial thing tied to a spiritual issue. I don't know what you do. And God just asks the question because he wants to be your God. And he wants you to know this, that what he's asking you, yes, it's hard, but he will help you, H and change. You see that promise? Isn't that incredible? He he wants you to understand, yes, there is a need for change. Whatever it is, whatever you thought about, whatever you know you have going on in your heart and your life, you have yours, I have mine. But he says, look, I will help you. I love verse 10. This is so powerful. Think about it. Think about it. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says who? Says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you will not have room enough for it. Think about it. What does that look like? So take the challenge or whatever it is that you feel like you're holding back on God, whether, again, it's, it's, it's obedience, disobedience, giftedness, Maybe it is, has to do with, with financial things. And, and listen to what God has to say here. It is so powerful. Bring it on. Test me in this. Find out who I am, says God. And does he say, he says, says the Lord Almighty. You'll see it there in verse 10, the way that God identifies himself. Says the Lord Almighty, 
Verse 11, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 12, says the Lord Almighty. Do you think he wants to tell you something about who it is that he is? You think it's not possible what it is that you're wrestling with, that you're dealing with? Certainly, I hope you don't think that you're alone. Everybody's got their share of problems and the things that they're trying to work through. The things that they struggle being who God has created, gifted and called them to be. Test me, God says. See if I won't make you whole. See if I won't set you free. See if I won't bless you in a way that you never could imagine. I'm going to open up the floodgates of heaven. Can you picture it? This is so profound. It's so powerful. There's a lot of passages like that that just make my head spin, and I'm like, can I imagine this? Can I see what God is saying about his goodness and his power in my heart and in my life and what it might look like? And that's what he wants you. He just wants you to, to process it, to get that image and that picture. It, it is awesome, and it is incredible. You know, Jesus shared something like that with somebody once, too. He has a story about it, Matthew 19, 26. Uh, 19, I think, in verse 26. It's a story of the rich young ruler. And maybe you know the story. He comes and he, he talks about um, what the greatest commandment is, and Jesus talks to him, walks him through all of them, and he basically says, hey, I'm obeying all of those. I'm doing pretty good. He's a pretty good guy. And then Jesus said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Ooh. See, that was the problem. That was the ball and chain for him. Kind of like what's going on in the passage with the animals. Can't bring the best. There's this thing about, um, I'm just going to be a little selfish with my possessions and the things that I own, and I'm just going to give you part of it, you know, not the whole thing. And he walks away sad because he didn't allow himself to be set free. Interesting, the disciples are talking to him a little bit later, and that's in the chapter we read, verse 26. And the disciples basically ask this question, and maybe you're thinking about it right now when you're thinking about those things that God has already put in your head and revealed to you about what it might look like to be set free and have the floodgates opened up in your heart and in your life spiritually, what that might be, what that might look like. He, he says this to the disciples, because they said, how, how can this even happen? How, if, can anybody really be set free? Then how can anybody really follow you? That's what they, they, they say to him. Is it even possible? And God says, Jesus says this, with God all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. And from that verse, I've carried with me this picture and this image of God that I love to see perhaps more than almost anything else, and it's this. God is the God of the impossible. The only areas that he's restricted in our hearts and in our lives are those that we put in place. See, there are no barriers to what it is that God can do and who it is that he can be. 
and the real spiritual change that he can bring into your heart and into your life and into ours. None. It is so powerful. I know I shared, um, I think of the, the thing that God's saying here about the, the tithes and stuff, again, tied to a, a spiritual thing. And I know I shared um, my wife and I's story about that. You know, we always had concerns and, and fears that we wouldn't have enough to pay our bills. And so we would always give what I affectionately call the leftovers. So we'd go through and we'd pay everything, we'd do everything, and then whatever was left over, and often there wasn't anything, and that's what we would give to God. And that was a ball and chain for us. We prayed it through, we changed, and God has been incredible. Never missed a meal. Imagine that. What is it for you? I shared a story with our life group too um, about a real spiritual risk that somebody that I deeply loved um, took. I didn't go into it real deep, and I probably won't go into it real deep now, but it was about a woman. Her name was Sharon, and she had a daughter. It was her only child. <clears throat> and her daughter was right there in those wonderful teenage years, and she was pressing the boundaries a little bit. And one day, and she got um, romantically involved with a young man, um, and then one day she came to her mom and laid down this ultimatum and said, here's the deal, Mom. I love so-and-so. His name was James. Said, um, he's going to come and live at our house, and he's gonna, we're going to share a bedroom. And if you don't like it, or you don't want it to happen, guess what? I'll move out. And what's more, if you choose to not let this happen, you'll never see me again. Yeah, pretty hard stuff, don't you think? What was she to do? Her and I had a lot of conversations. And you know, sometimes when, when you're in a situation where you need to give counsel, and that's what God has called you to do, and I think of the, I resonate a lot with the leadership in, in Malachi. And so you, you, you tell it like it is and you tell the truth even though it's not popular and people don't like it. That's part of what the call is for me as a spiritual leader. And so um, then I shared with her and said, look, I know you love your daughter very, very much. But I want to ask you a question. What's the right thing to do? What does God call you to do? You think he would call you to allow that for what you knew was going to be disobedient to the Lord? Do you think that would be true? And she said, no. Then I asked another question. Do you trust God? Do you trust that if you stand up and you do the right thing for him, that this is going to work out okay? She said, yes. And as often as we talked about it beforehand, we probably prayed even more for strength real spiritual strength and she took a big leap of faith 
And she went and she told her daughter, not happening. Things were rocky for a little bit. But she said the words, accepted the challenge that the Lord brings to us in this passage. Bring it, test me, sue who I am, says the Lord Almighty. And it was just incredible to see what happened, not necessarily in the days and in the weeks that followed her sharing that news with her daughter and about what was right and about what it is that God had called her to do and who he called her to be, but it sure was in the months and the years. And what transpired is this woman ended up having the most, one of the most beautiful relationships with her daughter that I've ever seen. It was pretty profound. God opened up the floodgates. God is so good, and that's his promise to you and to me. Will it work out always just how we draw it up and what we think should happen? No. Will he always be the Lord Almighty? Yes. Will he give you what you need? Absolutely. And I don't share that story. I know that some of you are are going through really hard things. And you're just wondering, you know, and maybe asking yourself, why, why would that turn? I, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers for that. God just asks you to trust him. That's it. Trust him. Hold on to his presence and his power. Let him be your God to give you the peace and the love and the grace that he desires to give to you. what would that look like in your life, in your heart in who it is that you're being lots of answers and lots of thoughts about that I just hope that you're willing to test him that you're willing to lay it out there you're willing to say here it is here's the problem, here's the disobedience here's what I'm holding back on Lord, today, right now, I want you to be up on that stool. I want to change who's sitting in control of my life. Lordship. Wholly and completely. Not as um, the actor said one cheek. I want you to have the whole stool. Hard to do. But that's when the floodgates open. Do you know the God of the impossible? The Lord Almighty? Who He is? What He will do? Wholly and completely? I hope you find out. I hope we find out together. One last thing. Verse 12. Really 11 and 12. The presence of God is is real and visible. 
I will prevent pest. The greatest pest of all, by the way, is Satan. I'll prevent pest from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. He's saying they'll be yours to give, to enjoy, to taste, to have in your heart and to have in your life. Says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. What does that mean, by the way? It means they see it. They see the Lord's presence. They'll call you blessed because they see that God is your God and that you trust Him and that you're walking with Him and you're following Him. They will see it. It can't be hidden. Do you know this um, quote attributed to Abe Lincoln? Maybe, maybe not. You can fool all people some of the time and some of the people all the time. But you can never fool all of the people all of the time. You know, and I've had the privilege of coming alongside of people dealing with balls and chains. One of the things that I always say is darkness will always be darkness and light will always be light. Sometimes we think we can hide it from people for a period of time or from a lot of people, but that doesn't last. The presence of God is undeniable. That's what he's saying. And people will see his presence in your heart and in your life or the absence. He prefers the presence. I hope you do too. I, I know you do. Don't take any offense to that. Nothing was meant. The presence of God and what it looks like. And we can never, of course, fool God. He knows our heart. He knows who we are. And there's nothing like being right with Him. Nothing. That's the challenge. That's the test. To give Him our all, to give Him our best. To have real spiritual change take place in our hearts and in our lives and simply let Him help. Let Him be the God that He is in our hearts and in our lives and see what happens. Do you trust God? Anybody? you trust God? That's going to be our process, isn't it? Yeah. Let's pray about it. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your word and your truth. You're an amazing God. And Lord, as I think about what real spiritual change means, Lord, as we process that in our hearts and our lives and things that we're thinking about right now because your spirit has led us to them, Lord, we know it's not easy, so we ask for your help. We ask that we'll test you in things and take a step of faith. Maybe we're not sure how we can function if we're not this way or that way. Maybe we know that it's been a ball and a chain for a long time and we just can't seem to let go of it. Maybe we know, Lord, who it is that you're calling us to be, but we just can't go there because it's hard. Help us to see your hand reaching out 
Help us to hear your voice. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I won't open up the floodgates of heaven. Help us to know that you are a God, the God of the impossible, and you help us in all things. Lord, we thank you for the truth that we're going to look at next week about real fears and anxiety that come with real spiritual change. We look forward to hearing from you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.